Good evening, everyone. Um, so tonight we have uh, our welcoming back Charlie Winninger. Um, and Charlie is a licensed psychotherapist and counselor with over 25 years experience helping couples and individuals. Uh, he's a member of MAPS, the Multidisciplinary Association of Psychedelic Studies, which funds research into the use of MDMA for treating PTSD, anxiety, and other uh, indications. He's the founding psychotherapist of The Relation Shop, a six-week course in dating skills for urban singles, and hosts a popular YouTube channel called Listening to Ecstasy that we'll post a link to in the show notes after we post uh, the podcast of this evening. And uh, so tonight, Charlie is going to present uh, 10 ways to optimize the MBA experience for bonding, healing, and growth. And uh, yeah, let's give a warm welcome to Charlie. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Well, uh, like MDMA, this is a smaller group that we have today, so it's conducive to an intimate experience. Um, let me start with a uh, disclaimer that uh, an attorney friend of mine told me I need to do every time I think of a talk like this, which is that I'm not recommending that you do MDMA. I'm not promoting the use of it. I, uh, I don't sell it, I don't use it in my practice. Um, I use it personally, and I'm very happy about that, but uh, I'm not here to say that this is something that you should do. I'm here to say that it's something that uh, if you do do it, you want to do it right, and you don't want to do it wrong, and you want to get the most out of the experience. Um, so, I, I'll start by saying I like to, uh, uh, compare MDMA to lovemaking for lots of reasons. Um, but each offers a wide array of options. Uh, with sex, for example, there's from the, on one end of the spectrum, very, very tender, soft, and sweet, to the other end of the spectrum, which is hot, hard, and for consenting adults, rough, right? Well, MDMA also offers an incredibly versatile array of experiences. And in this way, it's possibly unique among chemicals. Uh, some people who know of only one use for MDMA for themselves are sometimes surprised of what's available. This uncanny compound has, for example, been shown in clinical trials to, uh, to bring profound and lasting relief to traumatized veterans back from the Iraq War uh, who suffer from T PTSD. So much so that MDMA is now in line to become a prescription medication within two years, by 2021. And of course, it can also be used to help couples trying to reclaim the lost heart of their relationship. But the same substance at the same dosage can likewise be taken at an all-night rave to dance ecstatically in wild abandon with a thousand other people. So I don't know of any other substance on the planet that can claim such a range of applications. So if you've learned to play with the range safely, it can serve you if you're so inclined for the rest of your life. That's part of what my book is about. I just found a publisher, so it'll be out next year. 
called Listening to Ecstasy, and partly it's about MDMA across the lifespan. Um, I like to call it the chemical of connection. Uh, it helps you connect with yourself, your body, your emotions, whether it's grief or joy or anything in between, with your deeper inner child. It, it can help you connect with another person, uh, whether that person is a friend, a lover, a partner, a family member, or just somebody at a party. It's really a, uh, it's really, I consider it, or many people consider it their social safety net. It helps them, as a matter of fact, they're, they're experimenting with MDMA for people with social anxiety. Uh, it can help you connect with nature or all of creation. You can find yourself and in a joyful way you can lose yourself if you know what you're doing and lose yourself in a good way. Um, so just let me say that this talk does not address using MDMA to heal deeper trauma that, uh, that a person might have. That's only to be done with a trained sitter um, or, or, a, or a, um, an underground therapist, of which there are many here in New York. And if you can find one, you're going to have to be on a waiting list because they're backed up these days. Uh, even for less intense uh, psychological or emotional healing, uh, consider hiring a professional. So let me first start with some precautions. You plan for n doing nothing the next day. So you do it on a Saturday. You don't do it on a Sunday where the next day you're going to work, OK? Sleep late, like you would sleep off uh, a bout of drinking. Uh, MDMA takes a lot out of your body. Uh, so you want to replenish yourself. So sleep late, if you can and use the next day to integrate the experience. Some people find an emotional dip the next day or two or three days later. Uh, there's an over-the-counter medication. It's not a med it's a supplement that you can get in any uh, health food store or a CVS called 5-HTP, which will help you, or, or helps many people uh, replenish their system. Um, if you've experienced a dip in the past where it re really get uh, bummed out uh, a couple of days later, remember that less can be more. The standard dose of MDMA is 120 milligrams. People uh, in the clinical trials, they, they're giving them 75 and 80 milligrams, and uh, they, the people who are getting healed of PTSD are reporting perfect results on that amount. So. If you have a problem in the past doing it, do less. Uh, and of course, no big life decisions within two weeks of rolling. It used to be a bumper sticker in California. Don't get married within two weeks of rolling. Um, what was the you said, Charlie? Uh, you can dip as low as 80 milligrams and have a fine experience. So to optimize the experience uh, and uh, for safety uh, uh, um, and for optimization, 
you want to pay attention to set and setting. So set is mindset. It's your inner landscape. It's what your intentions are. It's what your state of mind is going into the experience. Setting is your environment, your out, outside environment. Uh, or, or the best setting is the one that you can control. So the best setting for safety reasons, especially if it's a, your first time, is your home. Uh, so, but you can also choose a special spot, like your, um, a, a special spot outdoors that, that you love, or a place that's conducive to MDMA or a psychedelic experience. A great place, for example, is Cosm, Chapel of Sacred Mirrors up in Wappingers Falls, New York, where this uh, preeminent uh, psychedelic artist, Alex Gray, has his his place. Um, people go there to roll and trip all the time. Uh, or, of course, a place like Burning Man or a, uh, a club featuring EDM, electronic dance music. But not if it's your first time, please. If it's your first time, you want to be in control of your environment. So one good thing to do, connect with nature. It's wonderful for that. Uh, in a safe place, of course, a place you might be already familiar with, a park, a forest, a beach, on shore, please, especially if it's your first time. Uh, to connect with nature, soak her in, let her heal you, it's a wonderful thing, and I've done it many times on MDMA, uh, to great effect. And I'm not the only one. Also, I like to use it for practicing what I call aerobics. Not aerobics, that's actually, I'm mispronouncing it. You know it as aerobics. I call it aerobics. Actually, stole that from Lily Tomlin. In other words, getting high enough, not just to feel good or to work on yourself in a deep way, but to enjoy the view to actually get high enough so you can actually have a feeling of rising above your normal reality and taking a look out at what it's like to be alive, what your life is like, where you've been, where you are, where you might want to be going, and enjoy the view, enjoy uh, the idea of, the reality of being alive in the human body because Speaking for myself, um, I've had such an, an uncanny chemical experiences on MDMA, I didn't realize a body, my body, could feel so good. Uh, and it, it's, a, it's such a blissful feeling that um, it's hard to describe to somebody who hasn't done it. Um, and, of course, there are lots of drugs that can make you feel great, but the, the downside can be very destructive. Heroin makes you feel great. That's why people do it. Crack makes you feel great. Methamphetamine makes you feel great. That's why people do it. But the come down is notoriously bad and dangerous and addictive. Uh, I and many others have not found that to be the case with MDMA. Um, so. It's a good time to count your blessings, which is a good thing to do anyway, at any time. 
I like to wake in the morning. Uh, MDMA has taught me to do that. And instead of starting to fill my mind with all the things that I need to do for the day, and before I know it, by the time I get out of bed, I'm like heavy with all the to-dos of the day. I start counting my blessings, of which I have so many. One of them is sitting right there. Um, as long as I wake up and I have her in the other room there, because she gets up before I do, I know it's a good day. Everyone gets, gets up before I do. That's right. That's right. It's also a good time to get in touch uh, when, when you're rolling uh, with an emotional wound that you might wish to heal. Um, a good way to do that is to locate it in your body. And what I mean by that is that we hold feelings and emotions in the body. And um, oh, we have a question there, don't we? I have a question. Yeah. I don't want to like, optimize the good question. Uh, because let's face it, MDMA, also known as ecstasy or Molly, has has a bad reputation in many pe- for many people because of horror stories that you might have seen headlines in the past about. People, so quote, ODing on MDMA, um, which is usually not the case. They usually mixed it with alcohol, which you should not do, uh, or done way too much. Um, so, and, and, and it can hurt yourself from dehydration. You always want to stay hydrated on MDMA. Um, but uh, I always, first of all, I never take anything that somebody just gives me. Okay, I test it before I buy it. I have a you can you can get a testing kit online and it's uh, quite legal. Uh, an organization called DanceSafe.org, DanceSafe.org sells a $65 testing kit that will test for purity. I only use pure MDMA. If it's mixed with anything, I won't buy it and I won't use it, and I don't buy. I, or use pressed pills, only powder. But powder can be adulterated, of course. I only use pure MDMA, and I have a scale. So what I've learned to do is, uh, for me, at, uh, at, the, at this age and stage in my life, less is more. So if I do 120 milligrams, a standard dose, it's too much for me. I do 80, and 80 is fine. Uh, and if I want a little more, I do bumps of 10 or 15 or 20 milligrams. So I'll titrate and just get to where I am, and then I'll stop because, you know, I, one can get greedy and feel, you know, like it's not like cocaine. The more you do, the the higher you feel. No, it's it's like you hit the you hit the sweet spot, and if you go beyond that, you're gonna get too much of this, and in your jaw which is why people chew gum, uh, or you get too much hyperventilation, and that's called neurotoxicity, and that kicks in. It's not necessarily dangerous. It just means that you've done enough. Um, and so you shouldn't do more. Uh, like you say, like you know, you, know you, can always do, you can always do more. You can't do less than what you've done. So I start low and, and take little bumps. Does that answer your question? Okay. Um, so what was I saying? About getting in touch with a, 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 an emotional pain. Um, 
first by doing that, by locating, locating it in your body. Uh, I'm a psychotherapist, and one thing I teach my, uh, my clients is, um, I prefer the word client to patient, um, is uh, that feelings, emotions reside in the body. When you're angry, you might feel it here, you might feel it here, you might feel it as a pounding in your chest. When you're sad, you might feel it as a heaviness in your chest, or of course, teary eyes. Uh, when you're scared, you might feel it as a palpitation in your chest or sweaty palms. Feelings are in the body. So uh, if you want to know what you feel, you don't go to your mind and say, what, am I, what, do, what do I think I'm feeling? No, you ask your body what you're feeling. So on MDMA, if you can want to get in touch with an emotional pain for healing purposes, see if you can locate that pain at the moment, at that time, in your body, and send it love, which you will have plenty of if, uh, in, with this chemical. Um, so uh, it's, a, uh, it's, it's a fine time to send that love. And, but even then, it's, if it's a real deep pain, it's best done with a friend sitting for you and with you who's sober, or somebody who's trained uh, to, to do that. Another cool thing to do on MDMA is what I call take dictation. Listen to what it's saying to you and write it out. I keep notes every time I roll. Uh, and uh, because it's always teaching me something. It's always saying something to me. If you don't want to write, you can uh, go on the voice app on your phone uh, and, uh, and, and just record it. Um, don't expect to remember it later. You want to write it down or you want to record it. Uh, and, but if you're going to be on your phone, turn your airplane, put, turn it on airplane mode. Uh, and if you're not going to use the voice app, turn your phone off. You don't want to be interrupted. This is a rare and unique, and it can be an exquisite space that you're going to be in. You don't want to be interrupted by mundane things or anyone who just wants to talk to you. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a unique and rare experience. You want to make the most of it. Uh, it's taught me a whole curriculum MDMA has, so that's why I wrote the book, Listening to Ecstasy. So let me give some uh, other suggestions for what to do with it when you're with another person and you're doing it together. So this, is, this goes for a lover, a friend, a family member. I've heard many stories of families healing on MDMA. I'm not talking about giving it to a minor. I'm talking about adults doing it together. Uh, first of all, each of you should be on the same substance. Uh, it should be uh, on, on MDMA. Uh, and allow that you or your friend or loved one uh, may need to have your own space for a little while, especially if it's your first time. A lot of people like to cocoon when it's their first time and just so go inside and even spend hours just working with the medicine on their own, seeing what it feels like, seeing what comes up. Uh, so allow for that for yourself or another person that, you, that, that you're with. Um, but then when they come out of the cocoon stage, then uh, you can take advantage of being in this space together 
uh, where your normal ego boundaries are temporarily dissolved, uh, and you can do lots of things. Hi, you can gaze into each other's eyes and see what comes up. Uh, you can take your conversation to another level. It's good to be aware, whether you're high or sober, that there are two levels of conversation that we can always engage in. One level is just the superficial. Uh, uh, you know, oh, it's too hot this summer. And you talk about the weather. Or you can take it down a notch to an emotional and more vulnerable reality. You know, when the weather's hot like this and it's hot all summer long, I start thinking of global warming and it freaks me out. That's a deeper level. That's a more uh, vulnerable, open, and sharing level of conversation. And that's what can be available to you at any time, of course, with somebody, but especially on this medication. Uh, and a good way to do that, actually, to, to share something deep with somebody, like a friend, could you come here for a second? Just sit over here. Is take your hand and put it on my heart like that, and talking to each other like this, looking at each other's in the eye, and just heart to heart. It's a perfect uh, opportunity to, to do that. And having your hand there can, be, uh, can feel very reassuring to have somebody else's hands there. Thank you. Um, so you can also, if you're with uh, somebody that you're close to, uh, consider risking and revealing something you might not ordinarily want the person to know about you, to take that kind of risk, because it can be a time for intimacy. But warning, please, this is not the time to confess an affair. It's not the time to confess a, a betrayal. Uh, you do that sober. Preferably with a therapist in the room, but at least you do it sober. Um, but it can be a time to take risks that you might not ordinarily take uh, and get to a, a deeper intimacy with somebody that you care about. You can start a sentence with, what I'm afraid of the most with you is. Like with my wife, what I'm afraid of the most with her is losing her, obviously. Um, we talked about that just the other night, uh, about because of our age and knowing friends who are sick and family members who are gone, and that's what I'm most afraid of. With you, it might be something else, but whatever it is, just to share that, it's a good time to do that. And it's a good time, especially with a partner, to envision together when you're up there on that chemical mountaintop to look out at the view and look out at the future together. Shelley and I have done that many times. And we'll think about and talk about where do we want to live in the future? What do we want our lives to be? It can be a wonderful time to do that. Uh, once, on a New Year's Eve, uh, Shelley and I were um, rolling our brains out and sitting there on the, on the living room couch and having a wonderful time. And I was sharing a deep feeling with her about being sad because she was retired. She's been retired for a while. I'm still working. And when she was working and she'd come home, you know, we would share uh, her day, my day. 
But now I was feeling sad because we're not in the same place. I share about my day of work and she, she doesn't, she's not in the same place. She doesn't work anymore. It's a place we can't connect anymore. And she said, well, Charlie, uh, why don't you consider taking Fridays off? Which was like, okay, I uh, never thought about that before. And if, you know, she's on a fixed income, I, I'm a therapist, so the more I work, the more money I make, the more money I make, the more money we have coming in, the more we can go on vacations and do things like that. So it struck me as a very uh, generous thought that she had at the moment. So I said to her, okay, let's see how we feel when we're sober. So uh, the next day, uh, New Year's Day, woke up, and uh, yes, as usual, uh, she woke up before I did, and walked into the room and uh, into the kitchen. She said, so, you're going to do it? <laughs> um, and I thought about it. I gave myself two weeks, uh, thought about it, and um, ever since, this was three years ago now, I've, I've taken Fridays off and changed my life. Um, so it's a good time to, uh, to look at the big picture together. It's also a good time to exchange massages or foot rubs and the like. And then there's what I would call bonding through bliss, um, which is uh, with a loved one, with a partner, uh, turning your bed into an erotic magic carpet um, now, there's, I used to believe what most people said, the common wisdom is MDMA is not a sex drug, it's, uh, it's a love drug, it's a sensual drug, it's not necessarily a sexual drug. Um, that's not necessarily the case. Uh, it depends. Uh, often men report that uh, if they're actually going to have intercourse uh, on MDMA, they might need some help. Uh, with uh, uh, with a ED uh, a medication like like Viagra or Cialis. What? I don't know if it's been documented. It's just general. It's common wisdom. Yeah, like it's common knowledge. It's not. It's generally true. I don't know if there's been. A, it would be interesting to do a study on that. <laughs> Yeah. So, it's like, can you actually have better sex? Well, my experience, your experience may vary, but my experience is that, uh, and this is the only time I will mix a drug with it, um, which is uh, cannabis. Uh, and I don't normally mix cannabis with NBMA because I'll be in the middle of a sentence <laughs> and... I'll be talking about something, and um, uh, um, I'm sorry, what was I just saying? So, so I don't like generally mixing it, but in bed I'm not trying to have a conversation. So, um, so I find that a, a, a good sativa mixed with MDMA, I call it sextasy. It's, um, it's, it's blissful. However, um, not every man could uh, necessarily have an orgasm uh, in that state. Um, and then coming down, it might be easier with cannabis. Is there a particular reason to, to not try other drugs with MDMA? Yeah. yeah. 
Well, first of all, it can be dangerous. Like, for example, any, anything that can bring you down, like alcohol, is a depressant. So uh, I recommend against it. Other people, you know, I've seen people at parties sipping beer while they're rolling. And they don't seem to have a problem. I don't recommend it. Uh, and I would, not, I, would not do, I wouldn't do it because I don't like to take, I, I wouldn't want to dull the role in any way. So uh, somebody just asked, what about mixing other psychedelics with MDMA like mushrooms or, or, uh, or, or, or candy flipping, that they call it, with, with, with LSD? Um, uh, okay, I lied. I do do that. Um, <laughs> Uh, but only at home, because uh, uh, if, if I mix the two, I enter such a vortex that it could be hard to find the bathroom. Um, so it's a, it's a very powerful combination. Do you have any uh, advice about um, timing and dosages for a couple that might want to try that? Uh, sure. Uh, the standard that I understand in the psychedelic community that people have recommended and that I've done is you uh, start with the LSD, about a mild, moderate dose, like 100 mics, um, and then uh, wait a while, and then, uh, and, then, and then drop the MDMA. It depends on how you want it to hit you, but no, then, then uh, a half hour later you can uh, drop the MDMA. And a normal dose of MDMA? And a normal dose of MDMA, unless you don't want it. Certainly if you're not at home, Start with a lower dose. Yeah. yeah, you can always do more. You can't do less. And I, you know, I tend to be—I don't know—I'm an old hippie, so I can tend to be uh, chemically greedy. Uh, and so I was at a party once where I was rolling, and somebody offered me some ketamine. Okay, so. I did, I, I, it was a classic mistake. And the classic mistake, do you know what the classic mistake is? Delayed onset. So I did a bump of ketamine up my nose and I waited for five, 10 minutes and nothing happened. And I said, all right. So I did a second bump. And the moment I did the second bump, the first bump hit. And a little later, the second bump hit, it was the worst chemical experience of my life. Ended up puking my brains out with ketamine and MDMA combined. Uh, was it your first time doing ketamine? It was not the first time doing ketamine, no. Um, but it was, uh, and some people swear by this combination, by the way. The guy who gave it to me swears by it. Uh, yes, MD, uh, ketamine on its own uh, is being used as, a, as an antidepressant. And uh, people, some people swear by it. And some people say it doesn't work for them. Can I ask a question yeah. about the combination? So have you tried to see me with it? That's like a holy grail combination. Uh, yeah, that's what I heard. I, I've done it a few times. And the, the way you're supposed to do it, I mean, according to the literature, is do it at the tail end of the, of the role. Uh, 2CB. It's a, it's a compound developed by the same person who rediscovered MDMA, which is uh, Sasha Shulgin. He created 2CB. They say 2CB uh, does for the lower chakra around the, uh, uh, the genitals what MDMA does for the heart chakra. Um, 2CB is a chemical that is uh, exquisite for sex and or music.
That's been my experience and the experience of many people. Um, but doing them together at the same time, uh, it never worked for me. Good question. How long do you wait before you do more? Because in M with MDMA, it's common to boost. Uh, and everyone is different. Uh, some people, <laughs> like me, get greedy and they want to do more because they're feeling fabulous and they don't want it to end. And so they do more. But if you do more too soon, you're going to get the neurotoxicity and the tightness in the jaw and the hyperventilation. And, and, and sometimes eye nystagmus where your eyes go <laughs> like that. Um, so I, for me, what I have found is two and a half or three hours into the high is when I'll boost. That's what works for me. Um, and you have to experiment and see what, what works for you. I like to do it, or, or if I'm just starting to think that I'm just at the end of the plateau and just starting to come down, that's when I'll... The boost is, uh, thanks, good, good question. Uh, the boost is generally half of your first dose. How long do you recommend spacing out um, MDMA experiences in order to prevent long-term uh, How long do, do, should you wait be, uh, between experiences? It depends on your basic constitution uh, uh, and your age. At my age, I won't do it uh, more often than every six weeks, and I, usually it's every few months. I'll do it four or five times a year, actually. Um, uh, if I was your age, I'd be doing it once a month, but no more than that. So you mentioned two weeks. So it means it's safe in your system for two weeks, right? Two weeks before making a rash de or big decision about... No, I mean about making a, a major life change within two weeks. And even that is not for everyone. Uh, I uh, rolled with a, a friend, a young friend. Uh, how old was she at the time? Like 20, 25, 24? And right then and there, she decided to quit her job the next day. And I was like <laughs> alarmed. And, uh, but it was like an epiphany for her. She quit her job the next day, looks back at that as the best thing she ever did. Um, so it's not, but, but I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> so the morning after, the day after, how, how does one usually feel? Is it so much like a hangover? Uh, some people report that. I never had it. Um, I've rolled 65 times. Uh, my wife, I don't think, has ever had a hangover. Um, uh, tired, yeah, physically tired, but also with an afterglow. Um, that can last for me several days. What else? Um, so it's good for self-expression, making music uh, together with, with somebody, drumming, singing, doing anything physical uh, that's not too physically risky. Uh, and of course, dancing and dancing together. It's made for music and, you know, uh, not everyone likes electronic dance music, but most people who don't like it have never done it when they're rolling, have never danced when they're rolling. Uh, it's made for that. As a matter of fact, EDM, the joke is, it's, it stands for everyone does Molly. Um, uh, it's, uh, it's really made for it, and I never appreciated EDM until I was rolling, and then I couldn't get myself off or my wife off the dance floor. Uh, and that that can be just 
uh, a unique, rare, and um, transformative experience dancing with thousands of other people, half of which at least you're pretty much sus suspecting are on the same drug that you are, and you're all in the same place together. It's a, it's a, a feeling of real unity, and uh, it can be life-changing for some people. It has been for me. Uh, and it's good for, I'm just uh, going through the rest of my uh, information here. Um, uh, another thing you can do while dancing is uh, with one with a partner is mirroring each other, which is good to do sober also, but on MDMA, you can get, um, it, it can be a very uh, unique and very intimate experience, just mirroring each other uh, right there um, on, the, on the dance floor or in your living room. Uh, it can be quite, a, quite an experience. Or if you do partner yoga, it's a great time to do that, like balancing your partner on your back. And doing anything sensual, feeding each other pineapple slices or while blindfolded. <laughs> um, other unusual ideas, uh, five rhythms. Anyone familiar with five rhythms? One person here. FiveRhythms.com. Five Rhythms is a way of, as the, uh, the person who developed it, Gabrielle Roth, said, dancing your way to God. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a structured dance uh, that's led by somebody. It lasts for about, what, an hour? Um, two hours. And... Um, uh, it's uh, an extraordinary thing to do sober. Uh, they, uh, in, in that community, they, 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 they want you to be sober, but the good thing about MDMA is nobody will know. Uh, and, uh, and you put through paces uh, from uh, the, the most calm to the most wild. Uh, and it, it can be uh, an extraordinary experience when you're sober. And an exquisite one uh, on MDMA. Also meditation. Um, uh, my friend Julie Holland says MDMA prepares the mind for meditation. It does because on MDMA or other psychedelics, you can, not always, but you can experience yourself as kind of thoughtless, and I mean that in a good way, where the thoughts, for me, mercifully cease. So I'm not, because I'm always, it's like, my head is usually too busy. Uh, and it can, you can be turned, uh, the, the, the monkey mind, the chattering monkeys can, can be turned off for a few hours. And uh, to meditate in that space can give you a real taste of what it's like as an advanced meditator when you can turn the thoughts off for longer periods of time. It's a wonderful thing to try. So, um, oh, and... Yeah, and last but not least, if you've ever done a flotation tank, this is not for everyone. Some people get freaked out by the very idea of being going into a tank where all light is shut out, all sound is shut out, although these tanks that they have these days, you can uh, uh, have music piped in or use your, uh, your MP3 player uh, to, to uh, have music, but I like to do it in silent darkness. Uh, I have found on MDMA, it's like being transported. It's like floating 
one's way to heaven for 60 minutes. Uh, it's an uncanny experience, and I would recommend it to anyone, uh, especially uh, if, if you've done a flotation tank before. Is there any evidence that uh, Molly has any practical applications um, at microdose levels? Ah, about microdosing with Molly. One word, don't. You want a microdose, you do LSD and a microdose, so one-tenth of a normal dose, or psilocybin. Why, why this? Uh, because it, uh, it, it floods and depletes the body of serotonin. You do not microdose with MDMA. Is there any long-term consequence? Long-term consequence? Uh, like I say, I'm, I'm 70 years old. I've done this 65 times. Uh, I have experience no long-term negative effects, but I'm careful. I always test it before I buy it. I always weigh it before I use it. Um, if it's uh, when we're at a party and it's three o'clock and I want to boost a second time, my wife, the voice of reason, would say, Charlie, time to go home. Um, so, uh, so I, in other words, I don't abuse it. Um, and so uh, I have experienced no the downside, um, but uh, I can't guarantee that you won't. But these protocols, as that gentleman said earlier, are not guaranteed, but they give the best chance of, if you follow these protocols, of, having, of maximizing the benefits and minimizing the risks. But no substance. Alcohol, uh, uh, any substance, uh, is, no substance is harmless. Every substance has a risk, and uh, that always needs to be taken into account. Also, um, uh, if, you're, uh, if you're depressed and on an SSRI, you're not going to feel MDMA. That's, that's the general wisdom. I know a friend who rolled when he was on an SSRI and had a great time, but that's very unusual. Usually you have to wean yourself off the SSRI, which I would not do without a professional helping you, uh, and, then, and then roll. Um, but uh, uh, that can have, you know. That's right, that could, yeah. I would not recommend getting off your SSRI if, if uh, your doctor has you on that. Okay, folks, there you go. Okay, let's all give a very warm thank you to Charlie. That was very valuable information. I'm definitely getting a scale and one of those like purity testers, so it was like a lot of good advice. Um, and we're going to be posting links, um, so this will be up as a podcast on iTunes as well as on our website, www.beerwithascientist.com. And then also, huge congrats on your book. We'll post a link when um, that's out, but that's great. And, uh, you know, he's also a huge expert, renowned as the love doctor by the New York Times. So if you need couples counseling or relationship advice, he has his relationship uh, practice. So check that out as well. But it'll all be all on our website. So thanks again. Really appreciate it. And if you have more questions, he'll be here to answer more questions.